0: 18
2: plus. Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well. We've got Thursday Night Football, week two in the NFL begins tonight with Minnesota at Philadelphia. We can talk about that. Anything else that's going on, Ryan in Sacktown joins me as well with two new hips. The man is as good as freaking new. Isn't that right? Good as new, ready to go, better than ever.
1: Yes, indeed. You look
2: good, man. You look good. You don't look like you're in pain anymore. You look, you know, you lost some weight. You look good, man. You look good. Thanks, Napes.
1: It's amazing what can happen when you just get a bounce that goes your way and you just (laughs) build on top of that and build on top of it. So, thank
2: you. Yeah, I need a bounce to go my way. That's good. I like that. When you get a bounce to go your way, that's good. I like that terminology, you know? I
1: think your bounce is coming, my friend. Yeah, Not I on the golf it course. Too. It's I coming. I it
2: is, too. Uh, the Jets didn't get a bounce their way. No. You know, you and I talked about this last week, and it's a very small sample size, but the Jets' offensive line, could they protect Aaron Rodgers? And, you know, he got pressured on his two dropbacks, and obviously on the second one, he's out for the year. Now, you know, everyone wants to blame the turf, and I I understand. I understand that the turf, is a issue, but I said this on a rant today. If the offensive guard had gone out the air with an Achilles, you think the NFL PA would have said anything?
1: Absolutely not. I can't remember the last time the NFLPA stepped up and talked about an injury period. It's been a really long time. Yeah. Um, but Grant, the turf's going to be an argument that goes either way. You put grass in and now you've got a college game, maybe the night before an NFL game and a messy uh-huh. field. But um, I can't remember a time that offensive line and defensive line play has defined the NFL as much as it has in the last couple of weeks, specifically week one this week.
2: Well, here's the other aspect. A lot of players don't play during the preseason, so the offensive line doesn't really get a chance to gel. That's number one. And number two, because of the salary cap, the depth is very poor on NFL rosters. So if you have an injury on your offensive line, the backup is not very good, and it really shows. And we're seeing teams without offensive linemen that are going to backups, and they're not able to get the job done. So, yeah, that is part of the NFL now. I mean, the salary cap and how much money quarterbacks make and skilled players, wide receivers, and edge rushers, cornerbacks, and you don't have the money left to build your offensive line, and we're seeing the results of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and to add on top of that, offensive line is one of those things that requires continuity, and I get football as a whole does, but your calls, and when you talk about a backup, they're not getting very many reps in practice, Grant, and then you mm-hmm. throw them out against some of the greatest athletes, freaks that are on the yep. defensive line and D ends. It's just really hard. It's a tough position for a player to be put in.
2: Sea Dog says players have been complaining about the turf for years, especially MetLife. That is very true. But guess what happened last year? The Super Bowl was played in Arizona, and they had grown that grass for two years, and it looked like an ice skating rink. So there's no simple solution to this. Okay, and I made a rant on this today, and I think it's very important. If we're talking about MetLife, there's no question there has been a, I think a uh, excessive number of knee injuries on that turf, and now an Achilles. So I, I would agree that that's not the best playing surface in the world for the players. But here's the point that I was trying to make. You have two teams to play in that stadium, plus you have college games in there. Let's take a look at Sunday night. If you had had natural grass and it rained throughout the entire Giants-Cowboys game. What would that field look like for the next game when the Jets played 24 hours later against the Bills, right? The field still would have been wet. It would have been sloppy. And it's not like you can just re during the week. So if you get a stadium like that where you're in the Northeast and now you have another huge tropical storm slash hurricane barreling up the Eastern seaboard that is supposed to bring a lot of rain to the area. And it has been raining the last couple of days. Uh, matter of fact, the Yankees and the Red Sox were rained out on Monday and then they were rained out again yesterday. Okay. In the Northeast. So yeah, you can cover the field, but guess what? They used to cover the field at candlestick park. And when they took the, the tarp off, it was like a mud pit he, again, I, I I know I'm going on and on, but Ryan, the point I'm trying to make is there is no perfect solution because if you want to put natural grass down, let's say at MetLife, that's fine. But you got two teams plus college games and it rains a lot and it's going to get cold. The speed of the game is going to be taken away eventually with a field like that. So you can't have it both ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's football, right? You know, like you brought up a perfect example. If we're talking about the Super Bowl, Grant, and you are growing a field for two years, that field better be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of teams that play on artificial turf, and you don't see an ACL every day. You don't see an Uh Achilles every day. MetLife, yeah, maybe there's a few more injuries than most. They need to take a look at that. But at the end of the day, it's part of the game, and it's a debate that there's no answer to.
2: Well, again, you know, you can't you can't have a field like they have in Arizona where they roll out the field right. when it's not in use. Okay, that that you can't do that at MetLife. You can't do that in Foxborough. You know, you can't do that in Chicago. I mean, so I'm okay with natural grass. I am. I, I think it's fine. But don't complain when you get to December and it's a mud pit, or you know, there it, it looks like a golf course that has bare spots all over it. Okay, yeah. don't complain about it. It's listen, Ryan. It really wasn't that long ago, if you remember that there were multi-faceted facilities where you had baseball, wasn't that long ago when the Raiders played, okay, when the Oakland A's was still going on, and they played on a dirt infield, right? Yep. All right? They played on the dirt. They didn't cover up the infield. And so, you know, again, there is no perfect solution here. Unfortunately, AstroTurf, or it's not even called AstroTurf anymore, artificial turf is not the best thing in the world for Athletes, I think we can all agree on that. But if you say everyone needs to go to natural grass, don't be complaining after a torrential rainstorm when the field looks like a mud pit. Okay. Yeah.
1: Damn right. And Grant, I think we can also agree on turf today is much different than AstroTurf back in the day. That was no basically question. like playing on concrete.
2: So, yes. Oh,
1: they're hey, in Philadelphia,
2: stuff. remember what they said in the bet in Philly? That they were literally like playing out on the parking lot. It was like asphalt. So you're right. Yeah. There is a big difference now.
1: Huge, 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 huge.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, Riley talks about the old Met in Minneapolis. Not only that, do you know that they had the teams on the same sideline at the Met? They weren't across from each other. I used to talk to Jack Youngblood about that. He played in many games uh, when the Rams played at the Vikings uh, in the Met. And, you know, 15, 20 below, and the field was frozen, and the players were on the same side of the field. So, yeah, again, we've come a long way. Listen, players are going to get hurt, but if we can minimize knee injuries and Achilles, then yeah, you should try to minimize that. I don't think anyone's arguing with that. But I, 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 the point I'm trying to make here, there is no simple solution.
1: Exactly right, there's no simple solution. And it, it, again, it's football, it's gonna yeah. happen. And everybody mm-hmm. wants the players to be safe. Everybody yeah. wants their best interests. So All right.
2: uh, we'll see what the NFL does. All right, tonight, Minnesota on a short week at Philadelphia, the Vikings lost to Tampa at home. They got beat badly in week two last year in Philadelphia. But the Eagles tonight are without three key players, a running back, two starters in the defensive backfield. So that could impact the game a little bit. I think Philly still wins this game, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than it was last year when I think the final score was, I think, 27 to 7, if I'm not mistaken. Minnesota was never really in the game. I think this game will be a little bit closer tonight than that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Grant. Minnesota seems to uh, step up in these games where you think it's going to be obvious they're going to struggle. I know Kirk sometimes gets the mo that he doesn't play well in prime time, but I think Minnesota is still a decent team. And let's be honest, the Eagles did not look great on offense no. last week. No, they didn't. Um, you know, the Patriots definitely. Mac Jones Patriots outplayed them. Granted, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Belichick had five weeks to, or five months to prep, yep. but big difference yeah so i think it's going to be a good game i think it's going to be a competitive game and i think it's ultimately going to come down to who can stop the other team on this one and who's going to make that one mistake at the end of the game
2: you know ryan you're going to see i think you the first two to three weeks in the nfl season you see a lot of sloppy football because of the lack of participation in preseason games so generally speaking it takes three to four weeks before you get a real good read on a team Uh, Like, for instance, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals aren't as bad as they showed in Cleveland. They were horrible. I mean, they scored three points against the Browns. And I think the Browns were a pretty good team this year. But the point is, a lot of people think Cincinnati's the best team in the AFC. And they could barely get a first down. They could barely move the ball up and down the field. And a lot of it was because of their offensive line. I don't expect the Bengals to struggle like that for much longer. They're too good. They got too much talent. But when you put everyone on the field for the first time, those things can happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you drop Joe Burrow into a messy situation with the weather. He's coming off of a calf injury. Uh He has a career low 2.6 yards per attempt in week one against the Browns. You're not going to see that again. I think everybody just needs to get their feet under them, especially the teams that we thought would be good coming into the season. And uh, we'll have a better sample size, like you said, come week four or five.
2: I think one of the biggest games in the NFC this week is Seattle at Detroit. It's gotta be. uh, Everyone's riding Detroit for what they did a week ago, Thursday, uh, last Thursday, opening up the season with a big win at Kansas city. Now they're home and Seattle, as you well know, got their pants beat off them by the Rams. And you called that good job on your part on this show last week. But, I expect that to be a dogfight. I I don't think that's going to be a lopsided game in any way, shape, or form. You know, Pete Carroll's team always seems to respond in big spots like this, and it doesn't matter if the game's at 10 in the morning Pacific time. They always seem to play well in these games.
1: Yeah, good point, Grant. And here's the funny thing about the Lions. Both of us were not surprised that they won last week. Mm -hmm. We, We thought that they could pull that off in Kansas City. Both of us would not be surprised if the Lions lose this week because right. the lions have to prove it to us. They uh-huh. need to show us that they can do it week in, week yeah. out and whether you like it or not, Seattle is still a physical team. Bobby Wagner had 19 tackles this week in a loss. Career high. So they're going to yeah. be ready to play and that's going to be a fun game to watch and the lions are really going to have to back up that performance in KC.
2: I think another big game this week that I'm really interested in seeing is Cincinnati at home against Baltimore because of how poorly the Bengals played last week. You know, last year, since he did start off 0-2, you don't want to repeat that. And then another game has the Chargers. I don't know if you got a chance to watch much of that game, but that shootout with Miami, that Miami Chargers game was an absolute dandy. That was a great football game.
1: It was a great football game, and I'm going to take it a step further. If I'm Brandon Staley, I'm going to start looking over my shoulder at Kellen Moore because that offensive performance yeah. that he put out there and the game plan he put out there was absolutely excellent. But fun game to watch. I, I actually thought Chuck Pagano on the Pat McAfee show said it best today. He said, uh, if I would have been in the locker room coaching the Chargers and we played man coverage without a safety over the top on Tyree Kill all game, Come the on. guys would have thrown their helmets at me.
2: Yeah. I mean, is that unbelievable or what? It, I it's mean,
1: crazy. I know. Yeah. But uh, well, that Miami team, Grant, there's something special please, there. They are. Oh boy fast
2: yeah well the Chargers are on the road against Tennessee I expect them to get that win uh to go one and one you know I'm looking at some of the other games this weekend that I think are interesting you know the Jets Cowboys game would have been a hell of a game and now all of a sudden I think it's a whole home game I think the Jets are going to have trouble scoring more than 10 points against that Dallas D with Zach Wilson at quarterback I think that's a tough spot I wasn't that impressed with Dallas's offense either I mean I think that's going to be a very very low-scoring game. But boy, can you imagine the buildup with Aaron Rodgers going into Dallas? You know, the big game of the week, but it's not as big as we thought it would be. Uh, Doubleheader on Monday, New Orleans at Carolina. Carolina's without two starting offensive linemen already. Then you have Cleveland uh, at Pittsburgh. And boy, Pittsburgh looked awful. I give a lot of credit to San Francisco. They were as good as any team I saw on week one on both sides of the football. They were outstanding. And anyone that still doubts Brock Purdy, you don't know what you're watching. The guy's the real deal. I'm not ready to say he's the real deal. I think,
1: I think he is excellent. I I think that he plays in an offense though, that is very friendly to the quarterback. What Brock Purdy is great at grant is making the right decision quickly. He knows he scans the field and he takes what the defense gives him at times. And that is what you need to do in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And to be quite honest, That can make you great in itself if you are in that offense. So Brock is great, but I'm not ready to go
2: there. Okay, but you know what? You can't judge Brock Purdy as if he's the starting quarterback on Tennessee, okay, or the Giants, or he's the starting quarterback for San Francisco. Just like you can't hold the offense that Bill Walsh had for Joe Montana with Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Roger Craig and Tom Rathman and Brent Jones. I mean, you can't say, well, gee, you know, if Tom Brady, if uh, Joe Montana had been playing on Tampa, he wouldn't have been good. You, 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 you have to go by what we know. He's playing in a system that is quarterback friendly. I would agree with that, but you still have to make the reads. You still have to be able to read the defense. Okay. You still have to be able to make the throws. You still have to be able to run the offense. And I got to tell you something, Ryan, he's doing that magnificently
1: he is grant you you are right about that and another thing that he is doing magnificently as well is he has commanded that team and commanded that locker room there is just a different swagger on that team when he's on the field and that's half the battle at the quarterback position
2: all right rhino i I, i'm should i tell people it's that you got a new camera lens and it's making you look (laughs) slimmer or what you know yeah you know (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly it. Got a haircut, shaved the beard, you know. Uh, <laughs> lost about fifteen, but feeling uh, good, guys. Feeling yeah, good. You
2: look good, buddy. I'm really happy Thank for you. you. Sea Dog says tough to say in week two, but the Giants are basically playing for their season on Sunday already. They are because they play San Francisco a week from tonight, and they're going to lose that game. Then they come home on a Monday and play Seattle. Uh, If the Giants lose on Sunday, I think their season is over. They have to play Miami. They got to play Buffalo. I mean, they got a lot of tough games coming up. So I would agree with you. This is a must-win game already for the Giants in week two. They're not good enough with their schedule that looms ahead uh, to make up a lot of ground. And you got to also figure, you know, you're you're not going to finish ahead of Philadelphia or Dallas. So your only chance is a wild card. And, you know, speaking of wild card teams, I'm not ready to predict who's going to be a wild card team. But boy, I'll tell you, Jordan Love played very well for Green Bay. Uh, I was very impressed. Now, you know, you could say, well, they only played Chicago. Okay, well, you can only play who's on your schedule. I still thought he had a very solid game.
1: I I thought he played absolutely great. Moment was not too big for him. And I think Green Bay has a lot to be excited about. I think that offense is young. I think they believe. I I think it's going to be a fun year for them. And let's see how he follows it up. I know it's status quo. We say three or four weeks, but... To me, he looks like somebody that's probably not going to be going away anytime soon. I like what I saw.
2: All right. Uh, Paul says San Francisco is playing like it's uh, mid-November and everyone else looks like they're playing in mid-September. I wouldn't say everyone else, but I I would say that Pittsburgh looked like they were playing. uh, Boy, they, they took apart Pittsburgh. Absolutely took them apart. Took them apart. Uh, And now you got the Niners and the Rams, and the Niners have done a great job. You know, we talk about matchups, right? You mentioned this last week about how the Rams have dominated Seattle, even though Seattle has finished ahead of them in the standings a, a couple of those years. It's the same thing with San Francisco and the Rams. It doesn't seem like it matters what the Rams do lately with San Francisco. The Niners always seem to win. Now I'm well aware they lost the NFC Championship game two years ago, but they were an interception away from winning that game. Just seems like the Niners really have their number.
1: Yeah, they do. And especially for a division opponent, that's saying something when you have their number like that. And I, I mean, it could be a very year very well where the Niners have everybody's number if they perform like they did in week 1. They just look head and shoulders above pretty much anybody else that I saw play in week
2: 1. Well, somebody says if the Rams can keep Matt Stafford upright uh and they beat the 49ers i don't know about that Are the Rams super bowl contenders if they win that game no nobody's no. a super bowl contender in week two all right uh you i mean i'm exaggerating a little bit i think you understand the point uh, at some point the absence of cooper cup is really going to add up to that team and we don't know how long he's going to be out with this hamstring issue so uh let's not get ahead of ourselves all right they beat seattle all right let's see uh if the rams do win on sunday then all of a sudden, people are going to be talking about them again because they'll be two and zero in the v- division, and they'll beat a team that most people feel is by by leaps and bounds the best team in that division. So if the Rams win on Sunday, maybe the talk will the tune will change. You know? Yeah,
1: they would have they would have beat the two teams that were in the two horse race to win the division basically. Yeah. And you know, every year Grant, we talk about it. There is a team or two that yeah. nobody expected to be good. Who knows? Could be the Rams.
2: That's right. And then you have a Green Bay. And, you know, again, I'm talking about them because there's such an unknown with them because of Jordan Love. But Green Bay now, okay, they go on the road and we'll see how they fare at Atlanta, because a lot of people are all chrome gaga on Atlanta. I'm not one of those. Let's see how Green Bay does in the dome with Jordan Love, the Packers at the Falcons.
1: Yeah, Atlanta's running game is strong, and we yeah. all know that. Yeah. We all know that that is the key and a quarterback's best friend in Desmond Ritter um, for Atlanta. But mm-hmm. uh, the Packers, they can come out and really grab that division. I know it's not a divisional game, but Atlanta, it's kind of sh- put up or shut up, to be honest. Because yeah. I, I don't know if I'm not buying it. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent
2: All right. Uh, Looks like Darren Waller is going to play through his hamstring injury, says Dog, It really won't matter if the Giants offensive line can't block anybody. It really won't matter who's lining up at wide receiver. You know, it will make no difference. Here's a Raiders fan chiming in saying, all I know is even if my Raiders lose this week, they'll still be number one in the AFC West. Uh, (laughs) It's a typical Raiders fan. They're going to have a tough time going to Buffalo after the way Buffalo lost. And I got to tell you, Josh Allen looked terrible. And we talk about this coming in. He's a turnover machine. And I'd be real concerned right now if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan with how my quarterbacks played last year and then how he looked on Monday night. And, and credit to Josh Allen for after the game saying, hey, that loss is on me. I lost that game for my team. But, you know, he didn't try to, you know, deflect the blame. He took it all on himself. And good for him because he is the reason why they lost.
1: Yeah, I think it's good that you did that. But you can only do that so much, Grant, uh-huh. before you before you lose a team or lose a teammate. You talk about some of the turmoil with him and Stephon Diggs. But Josh Allen, there's no middle ground with him. He's great. Nope. Or it's like, what did he just do? What was he looking at? So he's got to bounce back. And he's got to find a way to play more steady for that team to be successful.
2: All right. And then you want to talk about a guy already being on the hot seat. And I'm not, I understand what I'm saying. But if Washington goes into Denver and beats the Broncos, okay, Russell Wilson is going to be on the hot seat. You know it and I know it. And percentages, statistically, he looked pretty good last week, but he only averaged four yards of completion. And most of his receptions were to running backs underneath. He was unable to get the ball down the field. Again, if they lose to Washington, you know what the talk's going to be on Monday.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be bad for Russell. You know, whole, what do they call him? Bag of potatoes, or that's what he looks like. He's changed his body style. He's not able, as you said, to get that deep ball off. And everybody's turning to Russ, right? Like, what's Russ going to do? Is he going to make that special play? And you got to question, is the magic gone? Because I don't think Sean Payton, as of right now, has enough to turn that around with him.
2: Uh, Dog says, is the reason that you're tougher on Allen than Burrow because Allen's bad play goes back to last season? Well, there are several reasons. Allen has not, if you're going to match Allen year for year to Burrow, I I don't think you can compare it. I think, first of all, we all got a little carried away with how great Josh Allen was two years ago in the playoff game that went to overtime against Kansas City because it was flawless quarterback play. I mean, it was something that we really had not seen before in a long time. And so we keep on remembering that game. But since that game, he really has not played well i personally would take and i i said this on a podcast earlier i think joe burrow is the second best quarterback in football uh behind patrick mahomes Uh, i think burrow is like great Uh, i would take burrow over josh allen any day of the week
1: yeah the moment doesn't ever seem to be too big for joe burrow sure he had his challenges this first week he wasn't being protected first week struggles whatever it may be but he's joe cool for a reason he's tough as nails and again, he got—he went in there and played from day one as mm-hmm. a rookie, and just yep. absolutely dominated and turned that franchise around in many ways. Yep. Uh, same can't be said for Josh Allen. There's been a bigger learning curve there.
2: Right. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress—we all have it to a degree, big, small. But I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years: complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit. thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's Help. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Uh, again, if you uh, want to throw a question our way, uh, we would love to do that. Don't forget about uh, some of our sponsors. We are grateful to have them. Uh, Ryan and I are going to be at Bennett's tomorrow, their West Side Grill in Rockland. Can't wait to uh, go there and get their fine food, prime seafood, and steak. Don't forget about their weekend prime rib, their weekend brunch. 60 different types of wine available by the glass. Go to Restaurants.com to check out their menu and everything else. That's Bennett's Westside Grill at the Blue Oaks Town Center in Rockland. Thursday night football. How about this? Easy grant with Raider fans. Let me tell you something, Raider (laughs) fans. Really? When's the last time you won a big game? Huh? When's the last time you won a playoff game? Huh? When's the last time you were in a really meaningful game? Okay, you could say the year before last in the playoff loss against Cincinnati. When's the last time you won a playoff game? Were you alive yet? Were you born? Or did that come after your arrival date on this great planet? Just curious. So I, I'm going to get on the Raider fans because your team has been... Horrible, awful for a long, long, long time. How's that for you?
1: Hey, you know, Grant, the one thing you cannot get on the Raider fans about is their fandom. They are so loyal, good or bad, to that team. And I respect the hell out of that.
2: I personally think the Raider fans are the least knowledgeable fans of any fan base I've been around. I think they're great fans in terms of supporting. Yeah, the Raiders. I've said this and I'm going to continue to say this. I believe if you change the Raiders colors and logo, okay, to teal and white, you'd lose 50 percent of your fan base. Okay, I have a lot of fans that are Raider fans. They can't name you one starting offensive lineman. They can't name you two starters on defense. A lot of the fans that I know that are diehard Raider fans love the team and support the team. And that's all fine and dandy. But when it comes to the knowledge of their team, they don't pass. I'm sorry. That's that's my experience with the people that I know who are Raider fans. They don't know anything about their team. They know nothing about them. They really don't.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. You can be passionate and not knowledgeable at the same time. They're yeah. not mutually exclusive.
2: Well, I totally disagree with this. I find Kings fans to be unbelievably knowledgeable, oh, and man. I find Kings fans to know their team inside out. So I totally disagree with you on that. Totally disagree with you on that.
1: Yep. I, I would go the other way. I would say almost Laker fan you could say that about as opposed to Kings fan.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, again, we're not talking about the behavior in in the in the crowd. Again, here's one. We're loyal and pretty respectful. I went to the 49ers playoff game last year against Seattle and saw some pretty disgusting behavior. Here's the reality, okay, because of social media, because everybody now with their camera phones, there's disgusting behavior in every stadium in America, it seems like, every week. And it it, it really is sad to go to social media and see all the brawls that are going on in our sporting events. Baseball, football. What the hell's wrong with people? What why do you have to fight like why it's it, it's a shame and i see it every single week ryan it's it's awful and i see people getting arrested did you see the fight the the other day where a guy was sitting on the chair and got cold cocked four or five times well because of social media the uh the 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 the, the guy that did the punching got arrested and got charged with uh, felony assault
1: yeah, as he should, 100%. Yep. I mean, and we're not saying this stuff didn't happen back in the day. Oh, but now, now it's almost like cool. It's fashionable. You know, instead of Terrible. if you see a fight going down in the stands, Grant, instead of going to break it up or get a security guard, what's the first thing you do?
2: You're, you're on your phone. You know, you're on you're your like, phone. You know, I know it's a joke. So you know. it,
1: it, until that changes, until society changes in that way, we're going to continue seeing it.
2: Well, you know, JT Brick can say whatever he wants. And I love JT. And JT is a good friend of mine. And I've known JT for 30 years. But JT is wrong. Okay? He's wrong. He's wrong. Now, I've heard JT talk about the Raider fans. And he's 100% correct about how passionate they are and how they love their team. I don't disagree with that. But their knowledge of the team, not very good. Not. I have a lot of fans that are Raider fans. I can't even talk to them about their team because they don't know anything you know <laughs> how about how about this um by sea dog he's right the report that the rockets are looking to trade uh porter junior who who would want to take that pr nightmare of course you know you saw the the charges that he's up against for felony battery strangulation things of that nature um yeah i don't understand that sea dog i don't even know how accurate that is to be honest with you
1: well if it is accurate shame on the rockets for even thinking basketball right now Mm -hmm. That's all I had to say about that.
2: Yep. Yep. Amen for that. Uh, This one, most violent game. uh, I was at a Friday night baseball game at the Stick Dodgers. We were in town for three games. Listen, there's violence, unfortunately, at our sporting events. Uh, We saw the horrific, horrific episode at the uh, parking lot at Chavez Ravine with a fan who uh, was brain damaged, permanent damage years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the gentleman's name, so forgive me for that. but. We we live in a really messed up society right now, where the violence at our stadiums goes on on a regular basis. It's really sad. It really is. I personally think that you know we need to get more strict with fan behavior that is misappro- that's that's inappropriate. You know we need to get we need to get stricter. And it's just it's a shame. And again, I'm not naive. I've been going to games since 1962. I've seen it. 90 nine percent of all of these fights are alcohol induced okay now do you think they're ever going to start stop selling alcohol at the games no they're not do you think they're ever going to stop selling beer and do you think you're going to say you can't tailgate no i mean so i understand the reason for it you know almost every one of these fights is because you have intoxicated fans but it's a shame that people allow themselves to get that way and then start a fight
1: yeah. And it, there's nothing you're going to change about the alcohol, like you said, at the uh, stadiums, but you know, it, it just goes to getting out of hand. It, it, it's unfortunate because yeah. it it doesn't just ruin the time for the people that get into the fight. Yeah. It ruins the time for the people around
2: them. Yeah. The name is Brian Stowe. Thank you for that. We really appreciate it, Riley. Uh, Grant, I know you watch all NFL games Sundays, but which ones will you keep a uh, close eye on? Uh, I will say a personal note. Um, We lost a pillar in the community that I lived in for uh, 25 years by the name of Vince Minnie. And Minnie had a gym called the House of Pain, Minnie's House of Pain. And when my son, my sons, but my older son was uh, in high school, uh, we used to get up every morning at five o'clock before... First period and I would get up with Trent and we would drive to the garage of Vince Minnie's house where he would have a unbelievable makeshift gym and there were a lot of high school students there there were adults there and he ran his gym out of there until he opened up his uh, gym at the business park in El Dorado Hills in a huge building and I used to work out at Vince's gym every time I was in town and a lot of people in this community did Vince played college football at Temple and played professional football with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Vince tragically and suddenly died last week. And we are having, when I say we, there is a memorial service for Vince on Sunday at 1 o'clock that I will be attending. So I will not be watching any 1 o'clock games, which includes the Giants, uh, to pay tribute to this man's great life to share a story and I don't know how it happened because Vince um, is a New Yorker. And again, went to temple and, you know, he played for the Eagles. He was a diehard Cowboys fan. <laughs> and I know that Vince would have been on my case Sunday night would have been blowing up my phone. Okay. As we always kidded each other when the giants uh, and the Cowboys played, but so, For those, I will tell you something. Ian Book, who started Notre Dame, went to Oak Ridge High School and then played in the NFL and uh, was so great to see him play on that Monday night last year for the Saints. Ian was with Vince all the time. Every time I was at the gym, I saw Ian Book. 5.15 in the morning, Ian was in there. Okay? If I used to go late in the afternoon or early evening, Ian was in there. Uh, Ian was a religious workout partner participant at Minnie's House of Pain. And Vince used to do a lot of work at Oak Ridge High School, volunteering to help out uh, the kids and stuff. So um, we lost lost a real pillar in this community in El Dorado Hills. And I I just wanted to pass that on because he was um, not only passionate about what he did, uh, he was a great human being and I, I will be uh, paying tribute to him on Sunday at one o'clock. So I won't be watching any of the late games. I'll watch them on the computer later that night or the next day, but I won't be watching live. But to answer your question, if I were going to watch games this week, I think I'd watch Cincinnati and Baltimore. Okay. I think that the Baltimore Cincinnati game to me is really intriguing. I think Seattle and Detroit is really, really intriguing. Uh, those are two of the games. And I also would watch the jets to see if they're able to protect Zach Wilson. And if not, I don't think it really matters who their quarterback is.
1: No, it doesn't. Um, and I'm with you on two of those three games. I I will say this about the jets and Aaron Rodgers: I do respect that. He came out early and said, I'm by all it accounts, I'm coming back. Uh So the jets have a game plan going forward and they hope to build around Zach Wilson this year. But, um, that that's going to be a tough,
2: tough one. for I'm sure. C-Dog says props to Adam Silver for finally doing something about load management better late than ever. I talked about this yesterday on my Listen App show. Uh, it is better late than ever. It's long overdue. And uh, they ought to call it the Pop Kerr rule because the reason why they're having to do that is because of Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr. You know, just the way it is.
1: Hey, you know, the even the players, Grant, they, they've started to do a little bit more outside of the game. I don't know if you heard about Steph Curry. He flew a fan out to spend yep. some time with him. Uh, yep. Some other guys have done similar things because they missed a game or they had load management that night. So good for the NBA. Let's yep. see if it actually works, Grant. Well, it's fine, right? So yep. who knows? But that combined with the other rules put in place uh, with the uh, for mid-season awards or full-season awards, 25 yep.
2: games. And we ought to be careful where we throw our blame at. A lot of this has nothing to do with the players. A lot of this is organizational decisions and their trainers in conjunction with their general manager and a coach. You know, very often they don't leave it up to the players. So a lot of times we're very hard on the players when it's not their decision.
1: Exactly right. And sometimes it's not even the coaches. We're talking about AI and analytics these days. But I mean, you know, players, Grant, you're around them for 32 years. Uh They want to play usually.
2: Yeah, a uh, question that's been floating around uh, a lot lately. Do you have a problem with NBA champions la- labeling themselves as world champions? I don't have a problem with it because I don't care what they call themselves. But they're not world champions. World champion is when you win a world event. If you win a medal at the Olympics, a gold medal, you're a world champion. You know, if you win the World Figure Skating Championship, you're a world champion. All right, if you win the you know 100 meters uh, at the worlds, you are a world champion because you're competing against other others from around the world, uh, that are the best. All right. The NBA are not world champions. All right. They're not the NBA. Uh, they're not world champions. They're the champions of the national basketball association. I don't lose sleep over it because I got more important things to worry about than what uh, a league calls themselves. But I know there's been a lot of talk about it lately and there's been a lot of venom thrown. You know, I just think people need to like calm down a little bit and stop getting so upset when somebody makes a remark that you disagree with
1: Grant I think that's more of a July August conversation right (laughs) when it's slow time in sports but yeah I'm with you I think world champions applies to Olympics and things that are worldly
2: absolutely you know your dog's got a world champion bark Do you see me
1: or uh, muting this mic back and forth? I'm like, Gordo, stop. That's
2: all right. My bad, guys. It's good. It's good live TV. All right, so who do you have tonight, Philadelphia or Minnesota?
1: You know, I'm going to break a different way, and I'm going to go Minnesota. I think Kirk gets it done. Um, I I think they bounce back after the loss to Tampa Bay. I'm not sure if the offense is going to look great for the Eagles. Uh, Minnesota can – have a stout defense at times so I think that it's going to be a good game but I'm going Kirk Cousins and uh, you well, like that
2: I am picking Philadelphia to win the game but not cover the spread so in the pick'em pool I picked Minnesota because I'm taking the points but I don't think they're going to win the game
1: well you're pretty knowledgeable Grant you're second you're tied for second in the pick'em pool after week oh, I didn't one. even look yeah. Didn't even look. Yeah. We've oh. got nine tied for second and we have one person in first place.
2: I didn't even look. I didn't even, you know what? I, I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even look. So I'm not, I do this for you guys. I'm contributing, but you know, I don't care. You know what I mean? So I'm glad. Okay, good. How'd you do partner?
1: Uh, we are tied. We both had 10 oh, points. Okay. So, yeah, all right. We're, we're Cause I was going right. to say
2: the person that won week one, uh, would have their lunch board for him tomorrow. So I guess we're tied. So we got to each pay our own way. Huh?
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put, we'll push it until next week when we eat it. And it's again for the third time.
2: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Philadelphia will win. And I think that Minnesota will cover I hope it's a good game yeah Uh, I really do because I I thought you know listen I thought last week was a hell of a game with Detroit and Kansas City I enjoyed watching that game
1: yeah it was a really really fun game and you know it's early in the season usually it tails off later in the season with Thursday night football
2: in terms of the quality all right, so next week, we're going to start talking some NBA on this show. Hey, and, and because the king, every player on the Kings is in town right now, and they're working out every day at the practice facility, getting ready for the start of training camp. So we're we're going to start getting into uh, the NBA next week, and we're going to have some new things. Ryan and I are going to meet tomorrow and go over some things, and uh, we'll be able to let you know what we're going to be doing. The best way to be kept abreast of everything that we're going to be doing is make sure you subscribe to the channel. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button and you'll get notified whenever we schedule a show. Don't forget to hit the like button, the thumbs up, and we greatly appreciate that because we're going to be doing a lot of content this coming season uh, around the Kings because this, this could really be one fun year for the Sacramento Kings. I mean, last year was unbelievable, but I think when you look at the additions to this team, when you look at the West, I mean, I think the Kings are right there. I don't think they're better than Denver, but other than Denver, I like their roster a lot. I really do.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. We talk about the uh, backup center position last year, right? And look yeah. at what they've done in the offseason. Yep. Uh, you know, JaVale McGee, he knows how to play with up-tempo teams. Look what mm-hmm. he did in Golden State. And now you've got two solid backups to Sabonis. I, I think this team's set, and you said it on, I believe, your uh, podcast, Davion Mitchell. That is That's going to be the key. Can yep. he be the guy that just pulls yep. that second unit together?
2: Absolutely. Hey, don't forget about uh, any plumbing issues or repairs. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. Just go to uh, New Works Plumbing uh, at the phone number 916-713-1010 or SACServicePlumbing.com. Remember, New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. All right, buddy, you have a great night. I'm going to get ready to uh, flip the TV on, watch the game, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds great, Napes. Uh, looking forward to it. All right, have a good right. one. Sounds good. Good stuff from Ryan in Sacktown. Appreciate all of you for uh, being here on If You Don't Like That. And I hope you enjoy the game tonight. All right. Until next time, Grant Napier is saying so long and oh boy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?